Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Wow, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you're breathing new life into me. Overwhelming love of God. I love what God's doing with you guys. I love what God's doing in this community. I feel privileged to to get to walk with you guys and to get to walk with this team, these leaders. It's incredible what God's doing. Like, I'm blown away by it. Just guys up here to worship, and I just like, you just like going places. Like, this is stuff we dreamed about for years, and now it's happened. And so, you know, you, when you see dreams come to fulfillment, you start to recognize, wow, like, if that's coming to fulfillment, then the things that you're breathing into me now are going to come into fulfillment. If the thing you spoke to me eight, ten years ago has happened, then what else is in store? It's incredible what God's doing. Like, if we're not happy, there, there's a problem. <laughs> God wants to breathe new life into us this morning. Um, I love that we were praying for each other. Pastor Jesse leaned to me. He goes, you know, Chris, if this is the only thing we do on Sundays is we just come here and we worship, we have people pray for each other, that's actually enough. Like life on life, that people would be imparting the love of God to one another. And the reality is we can have everything, seemingly everything we need just with Jesus and a Bible in our room. But why does he call us to gather together? Because there's a life exchange that happens. There's a love exchange that happens. Um, it's cool this morning, I, I have... Some special gifts for you. Christmas is coming early. And uh, we brought a couple. I met some, some great guys that are uh, Bible school students up in Reading. And I'm going to have them share some testimonies and just minister to you guys. Um, some of their stories and the things that, that they've been experiencing are outstanding, honestly. And uh, I love to learn from other people. I, I was talking with one of them the other night and just listening to his testimony, listening to his story listening to the wisdom, and I'm just like, God, like, thank you so much for what you're doing, and my brothers and my sisters, what you're doing with people, and it's incredible that we get to learn from one another, you know, I get to hang out with Tim, and I get to learn, we get to, like, partner with each other, like, there's just so much life on life that happens, so I want to encourage you, if, if this is your, you know, first or third or tenth time here, like, find the place where you fit, because God's got a place for you, he puts those that feel alone in a family, and uh, he's got stuff for you. So I'm going to have them come share in, a, in just a few minutes. But um, Evan, why don't you come on up? I want you to share that testimony. You guys welcome Evan. Uh, Evan. Evan's just an anointed preacher of righteousness and an anointed gospel man. He loves people. I watched yesterday them just like, you know, praying with people, preaching the gospel. Like how many people you got to pray with yesterday? We saw about nine people get born again at the beach yesterday. 
Come on, give Jesus a shout. That's incredible. So I'm just going to let him share some t- testimony, and we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Every time I share this testimony, whoa, hey, every time I share this testimony, family reconciliation happens. I've had crazy testimonies after sharing this, so be encouraged. Word testimony means to do it again, so be expectant. Right now, I actually want you to close your eyes. I want you to envision family members or friends that you would love to see reconciled. Family members that haven't spoken to one another. Family members that are disconnected from you or from each other. I want you to envision them right now. And I want you to ask Jesus what he has in store for them. Yeah. God is going to bring reconciliation. It's in his nature. It's who he is. Amen. How many of you guys heard Jesus say something about them? Go ahead. Let me see your hand if you guys felt even an impression or that's beautiful. He's faithful to his promises. So my parents got divorced when I was seven years old. They fought so bad, sometimes I'd have to hide in my room. It wasn't very fun. (laughs) I even tried to run away from home one time. And, you know, they loved me a lot. My dad would always take me to do fun things, fish or go hunting. We loved deep-sea fishing. Um, My mom was very adventurous. We'd go on trips together, but they just didn't get along with each other very well. And my mom had a lot of hurt um, from her past. My dad had a lot of hurt from his upbringing. And so they got divorced when I was seven years old. And most of my memories growing up are of moving around a lot. I mean, we probably lived in like 15 different houses moving around to different places. And um, I was always hoping that there would be some kind of connection in our family because it was just always kind of, it was kind of always like awkward whenever my mom would, would drop me off at my dad's house or my dad would drop me off at my mom's house. And my mom, my mom and my dad, I could tell that they, they still had some feelings for each other still, but they could just never work things out. They could never talk things through because of the pain that they'd experienced in their pasts. Uh, my mom had had a failed marriage beforehand, and it was amazing what happened in my life when um, they started, my mom started taking me to a community church, and I began to experience the love of God. Um, I asked Jesus, you know, to reveal to me, um, who he really was. And one day I came home after school and I opened to where Jesus said, if you need a friend, you know, I'll be your friend. He said, I call you no longer servants, but friends. And that moment I felt the love of God just come over me. I felt the presence of Jesus. And I knew in that moment that I had a good friend, a best friend. And that change uh, led to a passion that I had for God that was just insatiable. And a few years later, a friend invited me to a a Holy Ghost 
uh, crazy Pentecostal meeting, healings happening, prophetic words going out, uh, black Pentecostal pastor from the Detroit area, and uh, he was definitely from the heart of Detroit. He was an apostolic father in Africa. Um, I just, uh, he, he oversaw about 500 churches in Africa, um, just powerful, and he gave me a prophetic word that rocked my life. And I heard people speaking in tongues. I'd never heard of this before. I was like, wow, what the heck is this? But if it's you, Lord, I want it. So I went home. And that night, the Holy Spirit sovereignly fell on me. I went to open my fridge to get a bite to eat. And literally, he fell on me. I fell on my knees, and I began speaking in tongues. I just burst out speaking in tongues. And the story gets better. I had, a, I had, a, I had an addiction to pornography at that time. And um, I'm not ashamed to talk about it because I believe so many people need freedom from this today. Um, And the Holy Spirit delivered me of that. I haven't looked at it since in seven years, not one time. He completely set me free. I haven't had a desire. And so I believe he'll actually do that in the room today if you're struggling with that. The change was so dramatic in my life. My mom grew up conservative um, Church of Christ. My dad grew up Catholic. They were a little like, what is this tongues talking stuff? I mean, I was crazy. You know, I'd go to school and pray for people. Uh, I started a Bible study in my school, which eventually led to a home church that I led for about five years before coming out to Bethel. Um, it was incredible. But the, the passion was so, was so big in my heart. My parents were like, what is this? Well, I'm like, well, come with me, you know, and experience it. So they started coming to the meetings themselves And my mom got filled with the Holy Spirit. Shortly after my dad came, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. I would bus kids from school. I had this huge uh, Crown Crown Vic, and I would just fill it up with like six. I would pack with like six, seven kids from school, and I would take them to these meetings. And it was just, they'd get born again, filled with the Holy Spirit. My parents were seeing this, and they're like, man, Evan, what is going on with you? Like, you're so hungry. They... They had such an encounter with God that their hearts totally transformed. They experienced the, the, uh, the love of Jesus themselves. And my mom, her anger issues totally began to dissipate. Um, my dad, like, softened up a ton. And he just, he, this sensitivity came out of him. And just this, this lovingness that I'd never seen, this softness, this gentleness in his heart. And I noticed my parents would come to these meetings, and they started to talk to one another after the meeting. And I would be like, this is different. Um, You know, they'd always kind of talked and hung out, but it never really lasted, you know. Well, one day I came home, and they were watching a movie together. (laughs) And I was like, this is, this is weird. This is awkward. And um, I don't know what to make of this. I started getting prophetic words from people that didn't even know my background that my parents were going to get remarried. I was like, whoa. Had a lady come up to me and say she saw a picture of my parents at a coffee table in the morning just drinking coffee together. And I was like, wow. Well, sure enough, my parents, a couple months um, after going to these meetings and having their lives transformed, started to hang out quite a bit and started to date officially. I saw such incredible connection in their relationship like I'd never seen before. They got along. They didn't argue. Um, they, 
they just had great communication. And I was like, wow, like this is the real deal. And I got to actually watch my parents date. And we would go on, you know, like family, you know, family uh, trips together. And, you know, we'd just have so much fun. Well, there came a point where my dad proposed to my mom. And last year in August, after 18 years of being divorced, they got remarried. <laughs> so so I, I, I got to marry them myself. And um, yeah, yeah. It was one of the best days of my life. I mean, I stood there as they said their vows to one another, and I just, I was just floored. I mean, uh, this was a moment that not many people get to experience. And you know what? What I've learned since is that God is a God of reconciliation. He is a God of connection. That the Trinity is relational. You know, the Father loves the Son. The Son loves the, the Holy Spirit. And we're, we become one as a family. And those people that you envisioned earlier, I guarantee you that just you closing your eyes, your eyes and envisioning those people means that they're on God's heart. He wants reconciliation for them just as much as you do, if not more. How many of you guys feel this right now? Feel this, this reconciliation in the room? Amen. I feel it. It's like a weight. It's beautiful. It's an anointing for it here. I want you to close your eyes again. Yeah. And I want you to just say, Jesus, we call forth family reconciliation. In Jesus' name, right now, I just want you to say, I just want you to actually repeat their names and just surrender them to Jesus right now. Yeah, go ahead and say their names out loud and actually just surrender them to Jesus. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for heart connection right now in this room. We just declare complete connection and reconciliation in families. What you've done for me, you're going to do for them. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I believe you're going to see testimonies happen today. I've had people do this and literally get text messages from people they haven't talked to in years. I mean, crazy stuff. So, yeah, bless you guys. And how many of you guys are encouraged after that? Yeah. Isn't that still good? Bless you guys. You guys, uh, stay for just a sec. This is incredible. Do you guys feel just God's spirit here? Um. How many of you are, this is a vulnerable moment, how many of you are really believing for that, like, specific testimony for a close family? Okay. Um, I don't know if you, you feel anything else, but just go ahead, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing this, but just close your eyes one more time for me. Let's just take a moment with the Lord. Yeah. You know, word says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. The word mind there is the word dianoia, and it's actually a creative imagination. So to love the Lord your God with all your imagination. 
almost everything I've seen God do in the natural, I've seen it happen in my imagination first. Every prophetic word is an imagination. It's a spiritual reality you're catching. And right now, the power of what you imagine Jesus doing will take place. I want you, you know, Revelation 1 says, I want you to just picture Jesus. Fix your eyes upon him. Revelation 1 says his eyes burn with flames of fire. That his face shines like the sun. I give your heart full permission to fix your eyes on Jesus right now. His hair is white as wool, white as snow. Yeah. And I want you to actually see Jesus just take the hand of a father, a mother, a brother, a sister, whoever it is that you want reconciled, and that other person in his, in his left hand. I want you to see him take their hands and bring their hands together. Thank you, Jesus. Right now. Well, we just declare it's finished, Father. Holy Spirit, I just release you across this room. I just release your presence across this room. I feel his anointing so strong right now. <sighs> Holy Spirit, come. We just release you to those family members right now. <sighs> right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You're so faithful. Something so powerful about a promise being spoken to us and treasuring that thing in our heart. Um, I'm just going to read this part of this one chapter. I'm not going to really preach too much out of it. Um, I just want to read it to you. I want the words to come alive as I'm reading it, and then I'm going to hand it off to one of the other guys on the team. But go with me to Luke chapter 1. This is the season we're in. We're, we're in the season of surprises. That's what Christmas is, is all about. Um, Christmas is about family. Christmas is about family getting together. Christmas is about people letting go of the past. Um, Christmas is actually about forgiveness, um, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, was given to us. And uh, we remember that as a culture in America and around the world during this Christmas season. Uh, I'm just going to read it to you. Uh, Luke chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 1. Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered to us, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus. Theophilus there uh, means friend of God or God's friend. So you can actually say this was written directly to you. That you may know the certainty of these things which you are instructed. You see, it's like we, we hear all these stories, but we sometimes distance ourselves from them. I want you to go into this story right now the same way that Evan took you to the throne to see Jesus. Like, go into this story. Like, this, you're, you're there beholding this happening. 
There was in Herod, the, uh, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. That's a good word right there. Standing on the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. You know, wherever Jesus is doing something, angels tend to show up. When Zechariah saw him, he was troubled. A great fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Some translations say that your prayer that you no longer pray has been heard. Isn't that amazing? The prayer that you no longer pray has been heard. The prayer that you gave up on has been heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call his name John, which means a gift from God. Oh, thank you, Father. And you'll have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. He will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Zechariah in verse 18 says, How shall I know this? For I'm old man and my wife is well advanced in years. You know, if an angel appears and is speaking to you a promise, you should probably believe him. The angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the th- these things take place because you did not believe my words which were filled in our time. You know, sometimes we, you know, our words are powerful. So the angel silences Zacharias. The story goes on. He's silent. They give birth to a son. They get pregnant and well advanced in years. It's reminiscent of even Abraham and Sarah, well advanced in years. And God gave this promise to Abraham. He said, you're going to have a son. You're going to have, you're going to have an heir. It's kind of this reminiscent promise of who Jesus is going to be. Um, I could preach on this all day, but I want my friend to come up in a minute. Go to verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The name of the virgin was Mary. Um, The name Mary, um, some people say means bitterness. It actually means strength. And um, the word actually comes from um, myrrh. It's Maria, myrrh. Um, The Hebrew name, um, Maria, there's different ways you can say it. But it literally means uh, where we get the word myrrh from, which was a spice, a fragrant spice, like the fragrant spice that they brought to Jesus when he was born, or the fragrant spice with the woman that anointed him with her hair, um, and uh, the same fragrant spice that Nicodemus, you know that story about the woman with the, the fragrance and anointing? You know, Nicodemus, the guy that comes to Jesus in the night and says to him, all these questions, asks him different things, he turns up with 100 pounds of that stuff when Jesus died. Because he was expectant of something happening. I, I, I don't want to go into this too much. I just get wrecked by it. <laughs> Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, for you have found favor with God. 
Turn to your neighbor and say, you've found favor with God. If you question that, it's because you don't realize that Jesus has already come to us. Emmanuel has come to us. That shows you that you have favor with God. That's a good word, Chris. I like what you're saying. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Yeshua or Jesus. Literally, the name means God is salvation or Yahweh is salvation. That's amazing. God's name. That's the name he chose. God the Savior. God that rescues. God that liberates. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? For I do not know a man. That's a good question. An angel were to come to anyone in this room, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it needs to happen anymore. It's happened for Jesus. But if an angel were to come and say, hey, you've never known a man, but you're going to have a baby. Um, it'd be a good question. Like, how's that going to go down? <laughs> the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born to you will be called the Son of God. Elizabeth is pregnant, and in verse 37, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to land it here. It says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. They're allowed to do that. They're the pastor's kids. For with God, nothing will be impossible. The word there for nothing is the word rhema. It literally means whatever comes out of God's mouth will not be impossible. He means it, bro. He means it. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. It's this picture of intimacy with the presence of God, which bears fruit. Intimacy from which God speaks, which bears fruit. I I don't know where he went. He went to the restroom. I guess I should keep going for a second. Oh, he's coming up to the front. I'll wait for him to come up. I'll introduce him as he's coming. But um, I met Ryan the other night. Um, He's traveling with our friend Chad Debman. If you guys have been here, you've heard Chad share. Um, Ryan, when he was sharing with me, I could just feel the intimacy of God on his life. And I was just like, Lord, thank you that you're doing such incredible things with people in our day. He started sharing with me some testimonies of just God speaking to him and then him just like stepping out, like God giving birth to things in his life. So I'm just going to let him share with you and then we'll see where it goes. Uh, we'll have to dismiss probably for the kids in a few minutes, but if, if it keeps going, it keeps going. If you have to leave, you have to leave. But um, I want him to share just whatever's on his heart. So here you go, bro. Yeah. I... Wow. Um, I just love what he said about intimacy bears fruit. Like, you can't get pregnant without intimacy. And this, at Presence OC, you guys are all about the presence of God. And I just, I just feel the intimacy you guys have with the Lord. And I just want to declare over you that there are seeds beneath the surface that you know not of. There are things that are planted inside of you guys that you, don't even, that you have not even become aware of yet. They're going to bear fruit um, throughout your life. And I, I see the Lord doing things in the unseen. And there's actually fruit that, um, that hasn't that we have not become aware of yet that is happening right now. And actually, I want to just, um, I saw something during worship. I saw pe- God like healing people's backs. So I think that people actually already got healed by the presence of God during worship. And if you had back pain, I want you to actually stand up right now and test out your back. 
I feel like there's a couple of you actually that got healed. And uh, in the knees also, I felt that. So if you have knee or back pain, I want you to test it out right now. Because I feel like there are things that the Lord's doing that we just need to become aware of. Because it's actually the Lord that does all the miracles. The signs and wonders follow us. So test out your back. If you need to touch your toes or something, just do that real quick. Is anybody here... Does anybody here feel like the pain decreased or they, just got, they were healed? Wow, look, that's three, four, five, five people. So if anybody else here has pain in their knees, if, or if you have pain in your knees or your back, and you did, I want you to stand up if you didn't get healed yet. And I just want to pray real quick for that knee and back pain. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just declare every single body to be made whole. Right now, even all across this room, God, that you would do miracles, that your presence would just come and touch people, that Jesus, you are walking around in this room, and you are healing bodies, you are bringing families back together, you're bringing reconciliation, that you're healing people's hearts, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and we just thank you, God, that you're here with us tonight, and we just say you can do what, or this morning, you can do whatever you want to do, God, yeah. Do beyond what our words even say. Would you speak your words into people's hearts and deposit things that dreams that were dead are coming back to life? There are things beneath the surface that we don't know about that you are doing in this place, God. So we invite you to just reveal those things, to bring them to the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want to share a a couple stories about uh, this summer. So... Basically, God, uh, I, I was planning on just being in SoCal and working and doing like the normal thing people do in between first and second year at, at my Bible college and just saving up. But then I started having these dreams where God started planting things in my heart that he wanted me to do in the nations. I started having dreams every, every night about revival in the nations. I remember years back, I was just a, a pizza boy delivering pizzas in college and I would just lay in the fields at night and just look at the stars every night and just dream with God about revival in the nations. And it, it seems so impossible, so far away. I was seeing miracles in my everyday life. I was seeing people saved regularly. But everybody just thought I was crazy. I was just the crazy person in my college that was actually like living this stuff out. And, and I would actually get persecuted a lot. And it just seems so impossible to, to actually go to these nations and to preach the gospel and to actually see revival. I was seeing thousands of people in, in my imagination, like Evan talked about, just coming to Jesus, um, just, just by the thousands. And I thought that this was so impossible and it was so far away. But then this like a couple of months ago, actually, I, I started having these dreams before this summer. And the Lord sent me to 26 nations this summer. And he did things beyond anything I ever even imagined. Things that I thought maybe I'd be doing in 20, 40 years I got to do this summer. I did uh, four different crusades all over Africa where I saw thousands of people come to Jesus. I literally saw blind eyes open on the stage in front of thousands of people. And Africans with blind eyes, and then they turn bright blue after they get healed. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, God wants to break our boxes when we just say yes to him, and we step out in faith. You know, it says that Abraham sought a land whose foundations were made by God. We don't want something, we don't want a a dream fulfilled in our life, a word fulfilled by our own doing. We don't want to finish in the flesh what was started by grace. So when God speaks a word, like he was saying, when he speaks a word, he's faithful to bring its fulfillment, you know? So 
Ah, uh, okay, so it's 10, 10.39. Should we dismiss the... Okay, so if you have kids to pick up, then... 10 minutes. Okay, okay, cool. Oh, awesome. <laughs> okay, yeah. So I'll share a couple of stories. Um, so I just like to follow Holy Spirit and to see what he's up to because I, I've noticed, I remember... When I, when I first started preaching crusades, I would try to do things like I would get this really good idea about a really good sermon and be like, man, like the glory of God's going to fall and so many people are going to get saved and it's going to be amazing, right? And then the first couple of times I preached these um, gospel campaigns, I noticed I was like, man, I just feel like my heart's not connected to their hearts and I feel like this big distance between us and them and I don't know how to flow in the anointing and still be myself and I'm like, I could just act this way and act like I, these preachers that I see that are like really powerful or I could just be myself and then not see hardly anything happen. <laughs> so I, I was just trying to, trying to figure things out, right? And I was planning these nice sermons and it wasn't really working out for me. Like good people would get saved and healed and stuff, but I really just wanted to see God just crash in, right? So it wasn't until I just laid down my agenda, right? I I I had this guy from Africa pray for me, he prayed an impartation over me before I was gonna preach. I had my friend preach before me for ten minutes. This guy ends up praying for me and I get so wrecked by the, the presence of God when he prays for me that I'm thirty minutes late getting on the stage. I can't even walk. They have to carry me up to the stage. There's like five thousand people out there, right? They carry me on the stage. I have no sermon planned. I have nothing. I can barely even walk. I'm soaked in sweat. <laughs> and I get up there, and literally we just see God just crash in. And it, it was when I laid down my agenda, my plans, my, my idea of what revival even looks like, that God was able to crash in. And I think there's something about meekness that allows the inheritance and the promises of God to break into your life. That actually, when we consider nothing ours, and we lay down all our rights, all our agenda, then God can give everything to us, you know, because he really wants to give us the promises. He really wants us to inherit the land, but it can't be by our own doing. I remember <laughs> I was in Africa, and I was, I, I was actually the same drive. I was, God told me to set aside some time to, to just do something with him. I turned down offers for crusades and things like that to go with this one guy that I had knew nothing about. We drove 16 hours all night long through the bush, right? And I had no idea if this guy was like gonna kill me or what was gonna happen. I just knew that I felt like God told me to go, so I went. We drove 16 hours all night long, and in the middle of the night, we left right after crusade, and, <laughs> and I remember we were listening to that song, There's No Mountain You Won't Climb Up, coming after me and how he leaves the 99 for the one this is the first time I ever heard that song and I was just we were driving through the mountains to an unreached people group to this tribe called the Batwa tribe um, they're considered the most unreached and the most native primitive tribe in Uganda and we're driving through the mountains and I'm just crying about how he leaves the 99 and goes up the mountains to like to get to us and and I just remember I just hear the Lord just speak to me and he says do you know why I didn't let Moses into the promised land and I was like, what? You didn't let Moses in the promised land. Like, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was like, that's kind of mean. <laughs> I was like, why didn't he let him in, you know? Moses was such a good guy. He, he was a friend of God. He saw God face to face. He met with him face to face. I was like, that's kind of messed up, God. Like, why, why, why didn't you let him in the promised land? And he, and he says, because I couldn't mix the law with grace. 
You can never inherit the promises of God by your own doing. It has to be by grace. You see, the law came through Moses, and it was a lesser glory, it says, is in, in comparison amount of glory to the new covenant, right? So Moses represents the law in the old covenant, but God is inviting us into grace, where he can do things on a day that would have taken you 40 years in your own strength. There are things happening that you know not of. Out of inheritance, God is going to do more in your life through inheritance. If you lay down your rights, you lay down your life and just trust him. And that's exactly what I saw happening when I met with this guy. I I meet with this guy, right? And so my dream was maybe like I'm going to, I want to have an orphanage one day or something, maybe in like 20 years. If I go back to America, I can work really hard, save up, get an idea of what the land's like, you know, and strive in business for a little bit and then come back into the nations and maybe have something to offer. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I meet with this guy, actually, what ends up happening is he tells me about his ministry. He's got 220 church plants and six schools all across Uganda. And he's doing this amazing work in the Batwa tribe. I actually got to do a crusade in the Batwa tribe and we saw hundreds of people saved there. It was a smaller open air, but the, just... <laughs> The love for these people is amazing. I've never seen such rich culture and pure love for Jesus. But what happened was this guy, he actually said that he had never taken a guest from outside of Uganda before, but the Lord just led him to invite me. And what happened was he, he finally asked me what my story was, and I just said I'm from California, and he cuts me off immediately and starts freaking out. He's like, I need to show you this video. I need to show you this video. He has this video from two months ago where the, this guy that is a prophet from Ghana comes and gives him a prophetic word. He tells him his address, his wife's name, and his daughter's name. And then he says, in two months' time, a man is going to come from California, and he's going to partner with your ministry, and you guys are going to transform Uganda together. So, so now I'm overseeing like six or seven schools in Uganda. We planted churches. We... We saw revival all across this nation. I'm going back this summer. I'm going to be meeting with the president. Um, we're launching a ministry school. Uh, we already have a couple hundred people registered from all over Uganda that's going to launch this summer. So literally these things, like God can do immeasurably more than you ever ask or imagine if you just actually lay down your agenda and trust him. I remember every time I talk to these pastors that are leading this movement, um, I'm kind of discipling them through Skype still, and every time I talk to them, I just tell them to let the vision die, to let the seed die, because it can never bear fruit until it dies. Because we don't want to touch with our own hands what God is doing in the spirit. We don't want to finish in the flesh what God is doing in the spirit. So there's something that happens when we actually lay down our life that we can truly live. Like, it's an invitation. It's actually not, it's not something like, that like somebody who try to get tries to get you to do just like oh you need to do more you need to you need to sacrifice more you need to sell more you need to give up more it's it's not about that the sermon on the mount was never about that it was actually an invitation to letting god possess your life letting god fully become your provider let him be the fulfiller of all your dreams and when you, all you do is you delight yourself in him and he ends up giving you the desires of your heart it all comes through intimacy and how much time do I have? Three minutes. Okay, so, yeah, I just want to back up. Before I even went on this trip, I remember there's this one time. It's, it's, it's all about intimacy. All fruit comes from intimacy. When the Lord speaks a word, he's the one who fulfills it. I remember I was with my friend, and 
he invited me to Taco Bell, and I was just exhausted. And all I could think about was I just wanted to go home and just spend time with God because I was just spent. And, and he invites me to Taco Bell, and I'm vegan, and I don't even like Taco Bell at all. And I get, and God, God's just like, I want you to go with him. And I'm like, dang it, God, like, I really don't want to go. And then, and then I go to Taco Bell. I get there. I don't even order anything because I don't like Taco Bell. And then I go to the bathroom. I, I get the paper towels out, right? I put them on the ground, and I get on my knees, and I get on my face, and I just say, God, I just need you. It wasn't about any, like, ministry. I didn't need him so I could go minister or go do anything. It was just about... Like, he's just my dad, and I, my flesh cries out for the living God. Like, I'm going to die if I don't get to spend time with him today. And I would just sneak away. And I remember when I was on my knees in that, in that bathroom at Taco Bell with the doors locked, the paper towels out, <laughs> I, 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 was just, I was just there, right? And then he said, because of this moment, Ryan, I'm going to give you the nation's. It wasn't because of anything I did. It was, it was just out of intimacy. He freely gives us the desires of our heart as we enjoy him, right? It's, it's all about his face. It's all about his presence. He's not just the, the filling. He fills us, right? I always knew God as my source. I always knew him. Like I had intimacy with him. I had deep relationship with him. But it wasn't until I realized that he's not just the filler, but he's the fulfillment, his presence is the promise. There's no other end besides him. He's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and the omega. It, it starts with him and it ends with him. And when you're in that place, then nothing else matters in this world. Then you can freely lay down everything. But if our agenda is even in seeing the will of God manifest on this earth, then our agenda is still on earth. And we would never lay down our life for love. But our hope is in heaven. Our anchor is in heaven. And when, when, we are, when we're fully anchored in him and anchored in the unseen, then he's able to break into the scene. When we consider nothing ours, then everything can be given to us. <sighs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to do whatever you want to do in our hearts, God. Yeah, we just choose to freely lay down our lives. That you never make us lay down our life, God. But it's an invitation to abundance every time we do. It's an invitation to resurrection. There are some standing here that will not taste death before they see the kingdom of the, the glory of God. Yeah, I just declare over you, there are some here that will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come. So right now, God, we just, we just declare that there are things happening that you know not of. Yeah, there is more happening right now that we are unaware of. There is fruit on, that is being born right now, 10, 20 years from now. Yeah. I just want you to repeat after me to say, things are changing right now. Things are changing right now. <laughs> say, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to do what you want in my life. I lay down my agenda, and I receive your will. I receive your abundance for my life. Amen. Bless you guys. Yeah. You don't get to hear those stories every, every week, do you? But when you hear them, 
stories like that, you hear from people that live life like that, it can feel a little disconnected. But at the same time, there's a, there's a, there's a hunger that just kind of rises up in you. Even if you don't, and I, and I think honestly, sometimes you don't understand what that hunger is because I don't have a desire to go to Uganda. But there's a hunger that just, just the realness of God, like that's God. Like that's how really is. That's the possibility in God. Like it's, if we don't get to be around people that are not like us, we'll never know what's possible with them. It's our breakthrough is found in the person next to us. It's, I think he did it. I was going to have his prayer verse, but I think you guys just did that. But I just, I want you to know you got the impartation. Like you received it by listening to him, by honoring his story. And your story is going to look different. Maybe you're released into business. Maybe you're released into schools. Maybe you're released into family. But that's what's possible. And then some. It was awesome. Can we, just, can we just give God a shout? Just honor what he's doing in Ryan's life. And, and we just, God, we thank you, God. We thank you that who you are is real to us. That's real to me. Just put on your lips, God, that's real to me. That's real to me. That really happens. And it's going to happen to me. It's going to happen to me, God. Some of you guys are going to get business dreams. You're going to have dreams about business. Some of you guys are going to, you're going to get woken up and you're going to get on your knees because you, you saw somebody else do it and there's going to be faith attached to it now. Amen. Kind of want you, let's all stand. Ryan, can you just, just release that over him? I know you kind of did, but I just yeah. felt like. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, Isaiah 54 says, rejoice, O barren one. Rejoice, O barren one. I give you permission to rejoice before you ever see the promise fulfilled. I give you permission to rejoice right now. That you don't have to wait for the breakthrough, that you can rejoice in the Lord right now. And that's actually what causes the breakthrough. What causes the breakthrough is our agreement with what's happening in heaven, what is finished in heaven. So right now, I just give you permission. There's actually the, the word cheris. The word cheris in the Greek is the word for grace. But it's also the word for favor. And it's also the word for thankfulness. So the, the word in cheris, it's the grace. The grace is the unseen, the finished work, everything that's available to us in the cross. There is infinite grace available to us through the, through the cross. Anything is possible, right? But when we see it manifest in our tangible reality, that's called favor. When grace manifests in the tangible, it's called favor. And that happens through thankfulness. It's not actually even the thankfulness that causes the favor to break through. It's the same word. So the thankfulness is the favor breaking through. That when we have a heart of gratitude that we're actually living from our place, from our seat in heaven where everything is finished and then everything becomes available. So right now, I just want to invite you to rejoice, just to thank God for the things. Thank God for your family members that are coming home for prodigal sons. I want you to just rejoice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that every single promise is yes and amen in you, God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for the joy set before you that you endured the cross. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, God. So, so Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now to just crash in on our hearts, God. That you would make alive to us the gospel. That everything that you accomplished on the cross 
would just become available right now, God. I just impart a heart of gratitude to enjoy God, to, to just go deep in friendship with the Father. Right now, God, I just, it, I just release the joy of the Lord. I release the promises of God. It says, it says in Psalms that, that the fortunes were restored back to Zion and they became like those who dream again. That the fortunes are being restored back to you and you're becoming like those who dream again. So right now, I speak to every dead dream that it would come back to life. I speak to every single broken relationship that it would come back to life. I speak to every single broken bone, every single disease that it, that the restoration would come back to life, God. I thank you that you're reconciling things right now, that you're planting things in the spirit, that you're releasing dreams and visions right now, that people are going to have visions of places they're going to go, of businesses they're going to start, that you would start directing their lives through the dreams, that you would speak to them in the night. I just release an impartation right now for a hunger for God in the secret place, an impartation that the fruitfulness on your life would be more, you would see more on accident than you ever saw on purpose out of intimacy. So right now, God, I just thank you, God, that, you, that these are the burning ones. And I just release a passion for more, that they would receive all that is available to them. That like David, when, he, when David died, it said that he had done all that the Lord had set before him to accomplish when he, and he went to sleep. That when you guys, when your life is fulfilled, that the fullness of everything the Lord had set out for you would be completely fulfilled. So I just bless you guys. Yeah, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God a shout. Come on. Jesus. Thank you, God. Amen. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good to meet people. Um, awesome, guys. Well, I think, I hope you got it. <laughs> Yeah, this is how God works. Um, can we get the prayer team up front? If you need prayer, um, uh, honestly, you probably already got full of it when we, when we broke up. If you still need prayer, come on up. We got our prayer team here. Um, we'll get the house music up. And we have uh, at the end of second service, if you want to come back, we have the DNA class. Um, and then we also have the uh, healthy sexuality class. So, and get you, so anyway, yeah, and go get your, grab your kiddos. They've been having a lot of fun in there. You can hear them. Bless you guys. Have an incredible Sunday. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.